1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, we're going to be reading the 10th through the 13th verse. Amen. When you get there, if you would, for some of you that can, if, when you get to the scripture, you can stand with us. Let's read it together. And uh, if you don't have your Bible, you can look up at the screen. And let's read this together. First Samuel 16, 10 through 13. The word of God says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Let's go to verse 12. Let's read together. So he sent for him. And had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome futures. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the living God came powerfully upon David. You may all be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. So what we see here is David, the man of God, he's 20 years old at the time when Samuel anointed him. And what I love about when Samuel poured oil over David's life, the Bible didn't say that Samuel said anything. I believe that in the context of what happened in this scripture was that there were only two people that really knew what David was called to do. It was Samuel and David. And sometimes in your life, you might feel strange and you might feel out of place because the only people that really know what you're called to do is you and your father in heaven. And so it's okay, like David was, he was out of place and he was out of place because he was different from everybody else. I don't know about you, but as, as a teenager, even though by God's grace I was popular in school and I didn't get picked on like some of you, come on somebody. I knew that I didn't fit in with the crowd that thought I fit in. Y'all need to hear me. And so what began to happen, God began to deal with me when I was around 22, and he began to reveal to me that son, although you are gifted, in order to carry out the assignment that I have for your life, you're going to have to be more than gifted. Look at somebody in the eye and say, you're going to have to be more than gifted. Oh, so Samuel point out to David and he pours oil on David's life. And what I love about it is that David received the anointing along with the gift that he had. And what's amazing about David's life is that he wasn't even invited to the party for them to sanctify the brothers. In order for David to be anointed, the father had to call David from his job of feeding the sheep. And what a lot of people don't understand is that it wasn't that David loved his job so much, but David had the type of job that you could take out time while you feeding the sheep. You could take out time to worship the Lord. Come on, somebody. 
He had the type of job where he could feed the sheep and also write a song to the Lord. He had the type of job where he could feed the sheep and he could still communicate all day long with the Lord. And that's what David was doing before they called him and Samuel anointed him. But what I want to focus on today is because when we talk about the story of David, we always focus in on the giant he had to slay by the name of Goliath. But we never really look at the giants he had to slay in his own personal life. So this is what I want you to understand. The third step and the final step to living a victorious life is that you have to slay your giants. Look at somebody in the face and say, you do have giants. And you're going to have to slay them if you want to carry out your God-given assignment. Oh, what a lot of people don't understand. You ain't been going through just to be going through. You've been going through because you were anointed. Come on, somebody. Oh, you've been going through because God poured some oil on you, whether you knew it or not. And now you're facing giants. And the word of the Lord to you is that if you want God's best for you, you're going to have to deal not with the nation's giants, but you're going to first have to deal with your giants. Look at somebody else and say, slay your giants, slay your giants, slay it. Look at them in the eye. Tell them to slay your giants. <laughs> so what I want you to know about David is that David was gifted before he was anointed. But his gift alone wasn't able to take him into the palace. His gift alone wasn't able to help him to fulfill God's purpose for his life. His gift alone wasn't able to cause him to fulfill God's plan for his life. He needed the oil. He needed the anointing. And what I want you to know is that David at a young age, as gifted as he was, let me just tell you a little about David. David didn't just play instruments. David was so skilled and so gifted, he created the instruments before he played them. And what I want you to know about David, David was so powerful and so gifted and what I love about it, he could have been over in pride because of his gifts. He could have kept his gift to himself. But what I love about David is David was smart enough to know that this gifting didn't come from his family because when he looked in his family, he didn't see the same grace in his family. Somebody need to hear me. So David took the gifting that God had given him and watch what David did. David was smart enough to say, Lord, I'm giving back to you what you gave to me. And that's how David was able to be not only gifted, but gifted and anointed. But because because everything that God gifted him with, he decided to give it back to him. So we see here that David was gifted before he was anointed. And what I want you to understand, the anointing will open up supernatural doors for you and give you supernatural favor like never before. And what you have to understand that sometimes your gift can take you places, but it's the anointing that's going to keep you in those places. <laughs> so we need to know that the anointing that is on your life, it will open doors for you that no man can shut. Because how many of y'all know if, when you're really gifted, oh, you might think everybody likes you when you're promoted, but the truth be told, most people that are around you are probably jealous because you're gifted. Come on, somebody. And that's why you need the anointing, because the anointing will cause you to slay every giant personally before God raised you up so that where God takes you, you can stay like David was able to stay. 
So let's look at what happened to David's life right after he got anointed. This is what happened. A few scriptures down. Look at what it says. It says, and Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well. David was a man that can play well. He was skilled. And look at what it says. It says, bring me to him. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, who was a Bethlehemite, which was named David, that is cunning in playing. So David didn't just have the ability to play music, but he had the ability to read music as well. He was cunning. He was skillful. If you needed him to pl play something he didn't know how to play, he can bring it out and be able to play it for you if you were able to put down the music for him. And then as we go on, we see that the Bible says that he was also a man of war and prudent in matters. And what I love about it is that the end of this statement says he's a comely person and the Lord is with him. When you are anointed, you don't have to question whether God is with you or not. You know the hand of the Lord is on your life. Oh, when the anointing follows you, even when your dog is stolen from you, you don't have to question whether I can pray and my dog come back. Because after all, if God be for you, then who could be against you? You'll find things begin to happen in your life that shouldn't happen because somebody say I'm anointed. Oh, things will begin to move out of your way when you are anointed. People that don't like you begin to give you favor when you are anointed. Come on, some of y'all got bosses right now. They don't like you, but they go out of their way to change the schedule the way that you need them to change it because you are anointed. So as soon as David was anointed, we see here that the palace was opened up to him. I know before the palace was opened up to David, I know that David had some gigs here and there. Y'all need to hear me. I know people asked him to play here and there, but when David got anointed, doors began to open that he didn't know how they opened, but we know it was because of the anointing. And so what I want you to understand today is that if you believe God has a great plan for your life, you need the anointing. And what I love about David, a lot of people don't understand this about David, but David loved spending more time with God than with man. David loved to sing to God more than he loved to sing to man. David loved to play before God more than playing before man. And that's how when the time came for somebody to be anointed as king, God wanted to choose David because David knew how to spend time with him when everybody else was occupied and busy about doing their own thing. So if you think that God has a great plan for your life, you need the anointing. Look at somebody and say, you need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. But what I must warn you about the anointing on your life, if you don't know yet, you will know later, is that the anointing on your life, it attracts giants. When you're really anointed, you're going to find that things are going to begin to happen in your life and you're wondering why is this lion showing up in my household? Why is this bear showing up in my household? I live in Detroit. Lions and bears don't even live out here. What are they doing at my front door? Uh, when you're anointed, you have to understand that the anointing that God has placed on your life, it attracts giants. Look at what happened in the life of David real quickly. Soon as David was, was anointed, look at what happened. He began to tell Saul this, 1 Samuel 17, 34 and 35. It said, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And look at what happened. He says, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep 
from the flock. I went after it. Look at this. I struck it and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, look at what David said. I seized it by his hair, struck it, and killed it. When I began to look at this story, I was amazed because if you came to me the next day and said, I lost one of my sheep because a lion came, how many of y'all know we'll be like, oh, that's okay, man. You couldn't do nothing about that lion. Come on, somebody. Oh, how many of y'all know if I'm a shepherd or you a shepherd and you came to your father and said, I lost one of your sheep, but it was a bear. Come on, somebody. You would have been like, son, that's okay. You don't need to be trying to kill, kill bears. But David refused to allow his giants to take anything from him. I need somebody to hear me. Oh, David didn't care whether they were big or small. He had the mentality, the bigger they are, come on somebody, the harder they're going to fall. And so what I, what I love about the word of God and what intrigues me about the word of God is that what it says and then when I look at what it says, what really amazes me is what it doesn't say. Nowhere in scripture does it tell us after David was anointed, then these things begin to happen to him. But we know those who are anointed, come on somebody, those who do have a relationship with him, that the moment you really gave your heart to the Lord, things begin to break out and happen in your life that never happened in your life before. And you're wondering, you said, hey, I serve Jesus now. My life should be a bed of roses. But you didn't know the moment you served Jesus and you gave your life to him that the devil was going to be so mad that he sent anything against you to try to throw you off your rocker. And so this would begin to happen to him. And this is what I need you to understand. The reason why David couldn't allow the lion and the bear to get away with his sheep is because sheep symbolizes the character of a man or a woman. And so if he would allow that giant to take away his sheep, he was going to allow that giant to take away his pureness. I need somebody to hear me. See, there's a lot of giants that come up against us even when we're in high school. Oh, uh, when you talk about pureness, there are giants in high schools right now of perversion. Y'all need to hear me today. There's giants in high schools right now of pornography. Y'all need to hear me today. There are giants right now in high schools of fornication, and those giants are trying to make a deadly situation into something that you're willing to play around with. And so David had to kill that lion and bear because that lion and bear was trying to take away a part of his character that was going to help him occupy the place that God was calling him to. The next thing that we see that this lion and bear was trying to take away from, from David was his humility. Oh, if you're gifted in the house, I know one of the biggest giants you're dealing with right now is the giant of pride. Y'all don't want to talk to me, but I'm going to preach anyway. Oh, the giant of pride. When people tell you, oh, you're playing good today. Y'all need to hear it. Oh, when people say you're so anointed. Oh, when the girls flock around you because of your gift. Come on, somebody. Oh, that giant of pride is right with them women. Come on. Oh, saying, yeah, you can do it today. Oh, but what you don't know is that same giant that you yield to is going to be the giant that takes you out. Oh, Oh, you thought you were going to make it, but you didn't slay your giant. Look at somebody and say, today, I'm going to learn how to slay my giant. 
This whole world tries to trick us into things, but we have to have the wisdom of God to know that there are some giants that is trying to use my gift against me. Oh, y'all need to hear me. Oh, we need to understand that if I'm gifted in any area of my life, it's only because God has given me the ability to carry this gift. But there are giants that are trying to use my gift against me. So David couldn't let the lion and the bear get away. Because he knew that where God was taking him, he had to be a giant slayer. And the third and final thing that we see about David's life, that when the lion and the bear came, the number one thing that they were trying to take away from David was his dependence on God. They didn't want David to have faith in God. They wanted David to have faith in his gift. Y'all need to hear me. They didn't want David to have faith in God. They wanted David to have faith in the money that his gift gave him. Y'all need to hear me today. They didn't want David to have faith in God. They wanted David to have faith in himself so that when something bigger came into his life, he wouldn't be able to deal with it. He would have to yield to what was bigger. And so what I want you to know that the lion and the bear that was after David, it was after what he was becoming. See, some of you right now in your life, you might think, why would a giant show up at my house? I'm not even the man that I see myself becoming yet. I'm not even doing everything that God has told me to do. I'm not even agreeing with everything that God has said about me. Why would a giant come and try to take me out? Oh, I'm here to tell you that the giant is not concerned about who you are right now, but the giant is concerned about who you're becoming. And so what David had to realize that this giant sees something in my future that I'm not able to see yet. Uh, and David refused, come on somebody, to allow even a lion or a bear to take away from him what he was going to need in the future in order to carry out his assignment. And the only thing that saved David from this lion and this bear that was after him was the reality that David was after God's own heart. I have a question for you today. Oh, what are you after? Because whatever you're after is going to determine whether your giants live or whether your giants die. Oh, oh, the only reason David was able to conquer his giants was because of the reality David's heart wasn't caught up in his gift. Y'all need to hear me. Oh, David's heart wasn't caught up in his ability. Oh, but David's heart was caught up in his father's ability in heaven. Oh, and I'm here to tell you today, whenever you put your heart and catch your heart up in your father's ability. You don't have to worry about your ability because if he gifted you, the word of God says your gift, come on somebody, will make room for you. I'm here to tell you that when you give your gift over to the Lord and when you give your heart over to the Lord, you don't have to worry about how much money you're getting paid because somebody shout with me, the Lord will make a way for you. So the giants was not able to take David out because of the reality that David was after God's heart. Oh, we have a m many people in this generation. 
Oh, they deal with struggles and they fall and they get wiped out. Oh, because they're not after God's heart, they're after his hand. Oh, what can God do for me? Oh, how can God give me a breakthrough? How can God save my family? Oh, what God wants you to know that this is the season that you have to shift your mentality and begin to say, what can I do for you, Lord? Oh, how can I change your family? How can I use my gift for you? How can I do X, Y, and Z for you so that I can get to the place that you're taking me? I dare you to shout, God is taking me somewhere. Oh, I dare you to shout, my gift is making room for me. So we see here that David was after God's own heart. And what I want you to focus on and I want you to realize is that before David took out Goliath, he had to deal with his personal giants first. And that's what we don't realize. We see the call that God has on our life. We receive the prophetic words of where God is going to take us. But many people don't tell you about the hell that you're going to have to face before you get to the promised land. Oh, I want some of you to know before you're going to be able to go into the heaven, even in the earth realm, you're going to have to deal with some hell every now and again. I hope you're hearing me. Come on, somebody. Oh, there's going to be hell of depression trying to take you out. There's going to be hell of suicide trying to take you out. There's going to be hell of fornication trying to take you out. But you have to realize that your destiny is so much more important. Oh, Oh, than a temporary satisfaction. Oh, that's how they get us young men. They present before us something that would satisfy us temporary. And we jump right in because we don't realize that that's a giant that sees something great ahead of us that's trying to cut us off quickly. I want to encourage some of you young men today. Don't fall for the giants that would cause you to deal with something that is temporary. But fall for God who wants to take you into eternal blessings, who wants to take you into an expected end, who wants to give you a bright future. Come on, somebody. The giants in your life is trying to take you out at a young age. It's trying to cause you to use your gifts in order to cause your gifts to be the thing that take you out instead of be the thing that gets you to the place that God has for you. Somebody say, the devil is a liar. You ain't using my gift against me. Come on, somebody. The devil is a liar. You ain't using my abilities against me because I've decided that I'm going to slay every giant that gets in my way. So what I want you to understand as we uh, wrap this thing up is that your giants are always going to appear bigger and stronger than you. Oh, some people, they deal with nicotine. They deal with smoking cigarettes. And, and when they try to stop smoking cigarettes or stop smoking weed or whatever they're deal, dealing with, because they gave that giant an open invitation into their life, they find it harder to stop. And what I want you to know in your life, if you're honest with me, uh, there are some private 
giants in your life that many people don't even know that you face on a regular basis. But God has sent me to tell you today that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that you have the ability oh, to slay any giant that would try to come up against you. And that's why the first thing the devil does is he try to provoke you with fear because he doesn't want you to know that your God is much bigger and stronger than any giant or any mountain that tries to stand in your way. So this is what I want you to know, that your giants are always going to appear bigger. And this is why this is important. Look at this. In Numbers, the 13th chapter, what we find with the children of Israel is that the 12 spies, they went into the land for 40 days to check it out. All of them agreed that the land was great. However, there were giants in the land that God had promised them. Now, when I begin to look at this, I begin to ask myself, why are there giants in a land that God said that he was going to give them? Oh, what you need to understand is that whatever God has promised to give you, he plans on enjoying it with you. And if you hadn't heard it by now, your God is a big God. Come on, somebody. Oh, you might have planned that apartment, but God got something much bigger for you. Come on. You might have planned to drive in that Honda, but God has something much bigger for you. You might have planned just a small, mediocre wedding, but somebody say God got something much bigger for you. Wherever God is taking you, it must be big and great because the God that you serve can't fit into small places. Y'all need to hear me today. And so he promised the children of Israel houses that he didn't have to duck down to walk in. Y'all need to hear me. The Bible says that the fruit that they got out of that land was as big as their hands. Why was the fruit that big? When you look at the lives of the children of Israel, they were a people that were about the tallest people was probably about 5'11". They were not a, a humongous people. They were not large in size. But God took them to a land where they had to, come on somebody, oh, they had to brush their teeth like this because the sink was a little higher. I'm here to tell somebody that what God has for you is much bigger than what you have been thinking. So the children of Israel, the unfortunate event about them is that because they refused to deal with their personal giants, they couldn't deal with their national giants. They couldn't deal with the giants that were behind the promise of God. And so what I want you to know today is that they had to deal with giants of doubt and unbelief, and they never did. They were supposed to deal with giants of murmuring and complaining and gossiping, but they never did. They're supposed to deal with giants of fear and timidity, but they never did. And because they didn't deal with their private giants, then they couldn't confront their public giants. Oh, some of you don't understand, but God has you in boot camp right now, and he's waiting on you to begin to confront and stand up against those giants of fear that have been trying to intimidate you. He's waiting on you to stand up against those giants of lust that have been intimidating you. He's waiting on you to stand up against those giants of gossiping that have been intimidating you. He's waiting on you to stand up and deal with those giants of pornography. Oh, that got your eyes 
cross. He's waiting on you to stand up and deal with what you need to deal with right now so that when public giants come, you can be like David and not run from them, but run to them. What we must understand is that this cost them the land God promised them that he would give them because they were unfilling, unwilling to slay their giants. Look at somebody before they go to sleep on you and tell them, slay your giants. Tell them, slay your giants. Slay your giants. Your giants are trying to put you to sleep. Your giants don't want you to hear this. Your giants don't want you to get back in the ring. Your giants don't want you to begin to take a swing. Your giants are trying to put you to sleep. But God sent me to wake you up. Say, slay your giants. I don't know about you, but when, whenever I go into any palace, I want to stay there. Come on, somebody. Oh, so that means that I got to deal with what I got to deal with right now. It might keep me up some nights, but my giants got to die. Come on, somebody. Oh, it might cause some friends to leave me, but my giants have to die. So Paul told Timothy, let's look at a few other accounts before we wrap this up. Paul told Timothy to deal with his giants. Let's look at what Paul told Tim Timothy. 2 Timothy, look at what it says, 1-7. Paul told Timothy, God has not what? Given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us a spirit of what? Of power and of love and of a sound mind. Timothy was afraid because he was a young man and he was carrying out a grown man's assignment. Y'all need to hear me. And whenever you're a young man carrying out a grown man's assignment, somebody who's grown always got something to say about it. Y'all need to hear me. So Paul had to let them know, uh, uh, let him know, listen, Timothy, mind your own business and carry out what God has called you to care about. Let me worry about your haters. Amen. Well, we need to know this happened to Timothy, but look at Jesus' account right after Jesus how many of y'all know Jesus was baptized in the water and then the Holy Spirit came upon him? And look what happened right after this. Matthew 4, 1, look at what it says. It says, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Even Jesus had to deal with his personal, personal giants before he launched out in ministry. Some of you don't understand that it's so important if you know you're called to ministry for you to take out these personal giants and these private giants now. And that's why we have so many men and women of God. God raised them up. And then next thing you know, we have things coming up against them that is almost taking them out of ministry because they didn't deal with their giants when they were supposed to. Listen, don't let the devil trick you. Don't let the devil fool you to think that Jesus doesn't want what's best for you. I'm here to tell you, it's the devil that's trying to take away your gift. It's the devil that's trying to expose you. It's the devil that's trying to take you out. But Jesus is like, I'll help you if you be with me to take care of every giant that comes your way. So Jesus had to deal with his giant. And look at this. Paul even revealed that. He had a giant to deal with. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, the 9th verse. Paul said it this way. He said, a great door and an effectual is open unto me. And then look at what Paul said. Paul said, but there are many adversaries. I want you to know that behind every big door that opens for you, there's always giants, whether you're able to see them or not. 
The benefit of you being anointed is God will reveal to you what's behind that door. Y'all need to hear me today. Oh, God will reveal to you that this person is smiling at you, but this person really doesn't like you. Oh, God will reveal to you that this person is paying you, but they're looking to replace you. Oh, God will reveal to you this person is calling you, they BFF, but they're really after your boyfriend. Come on, somebody. Oh, God will give you discernment if you're willing to be anointed. So what, what Paul said, there are big doors that are open for me, but there are giants behind them. Oh, I think this message is right on time if you're a gifted person, because you need to see behind the gift. You, you need to see behind the people. You need to see what's really going on behind the scenes and make it up in your heart and your mind that, Jesus, I am making a decision to live for you, because I know that if my gift is in anybody's good hand, it won't be Midas. Come on, somebody. It won't be State Farm. Come on, somebody. But it would be Jesus and Jesus alone. So watch this as we conclude this message. What did Paul do in order to deal with his giants and slay them? This is what I found fascinating as I begin to look into the scriptures and I begin to look into the word of God. I begin to look in Paul's life and say, what is it that Paul did? Because what Paul did was similar to what David did. And what David did was similar to what Jesus did. And I began to look at Paul's life and I found in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, Paul said, I thank my God that I do what? I speak with what? Tongues uh, more than you are. Meaning that Paul lived a life of praying in the spirit. And it was the only way that Paul was going to be able to have the faith to deal with the giants that came up against him. So what I want you to understand is that Paul used his heavenly language to do what? To build up his faith to be able to deal with his giants, to be able to slay his giants. Now, if you don't have a heavenly language, what that is telling you, not only that you need a heavenly language, but that's telling you that use what you got right now. Come on, somebody. Oh, if you don't speak in tongues, you better learn how to pray effectively in English. Oh, I'm here to tell somebody you have to learn how to spend time with God, whichever way you spend time with God, because from this day forth, your giants can't live. So what I want you to understand is that your prayer life is going to determine how far God can raise you up. I hope y'all are listening today. The time you spend with God is going to determine the time you're going to be able to spend in the spotlight. The time you spend with God is going to determine Oh, when all the ladies come because of your gift, or all the men come because of your gift, oh, how you're going to be able to resist them. Know that they're trying to get you in a trap. Come on, somebody. Oh, it's going to determine how far you're able to really go. Now, don't get it twisted. There are many gifted people all around the world who have been raised up by their gift alone. Come on, somebody, can I talk to you? Oh, there are many gifted people all around the world who has even made billions based on their gift alone. But I dare you to go and have a real conversation to them because in many of their lives, what you will find is that they're more miserable than you. Oh, in many of their lives, what you would find is that now they're trapped because their gift has taken them as far as their gift can take them. Oh, but when you look 
look at men and women of God who have decided to give their gift back to the Lord, you would find a little bit more joy. You would find a little bit more peace. You would find a little bit more purpose. You would find a little bit more satisfaction because they have decided to slay their giants. Look at somebody in their eye and say, you better slay your giants uh, before they slay you. Uh, you better deal with your giants uh, oh, before they deal with you. So the secret behind David and Paul and even Jesus' life was they dealt with their giants the same way. What I need you to understand, they use prayer, which releases the anointing that gives us wisdom and strength to slay their giants. So prayer was a precursor to them being able to deal with their giants. What I love about the word of God, when we look into Jesus' life, when we look into David's life, when we look into Paul's life, what fascinates me is how quickly they defeated their giants. How is it that David didn't take 12 hours to slay a lion? Y'all need to hear me. How is it that he didn't take at least five hours to slay his bear? It was because what David did before he encountered the bear. Oh, it was because of what David did before he encountered the lion. I'm here to tell you that you need to do something before you start casting out devils. You, you need to do something before you start laying hands on the sick and they will be healed. You need to do something before you go and preach to the nation. Somebody look at somebody. You need more prayer in your life. Oh, oh you need to talk to God a little bit bit more. Oh, you need to study your word a little bit more. Oh, you need to speak to your atmosphere a little bit more. Oh, you need to get around people that love God as much as you a little bit more. So what I want you to understand that this is the season to spend more time with God than you ever have in prayer. What a lot of people would like to tell you is that it don't take all that. But I can guarantee you those individuals that say it don't take all that are those individuals who are not killing their giants, oh, but they are being led by their giants. I don't know about you, but I don't want any fornication giant leading me anywhere. I don't know about you, but I don't want any lion giant leading me anywhere. I don't know about you, but I don't want any pornography giant leading me anywhere. I don't know about you, but I don't want any Jezebel spirit leading me anywhere. I don't know about you, but I don't want any poverty giant leading me anywhere. I shall prosper. I shall overcome. I shall do what God has called me to do. Why, pastor? How are you going to get over that mountain? Because I refuse to allow a giant to live in my life. Listen, let me tell you this. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old. The devil doesn't care. That's why even children can need deliverance. You haven't even lived to eight years old and you're possessed by demons of lust and perversion. I remember hearing a story about a young girl. She was about eight years old. Minister came in her house and when he came in her, when he came in her house, the young girl tried to swat at his private part. And he, he told the mother, he said, this baby 
tried to swat at my private part. Right then and there, the minister had to deliver the young girl from a demon of perversion because the devil doesn't care. Come on, somebody. He doesn't care about you. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to take you out. Somebody say, but God, but God. Oh, but Jesus came so that you can have life. And that's why the enemy tried to confuse you. You ain't going to have no fun in church. Religious people are born. The devil is a liar. We have to come to a place where we realize we have to deal with our giants. And how we deal with our giants is based on what we do before. Somebody say, I got to do something before. I got to do something before. I only got a couple more slides. Thank you for being patient with me today. So look at this. You do not. This is what you need to understand is that you do not slay your giants when you face them. You slay your giants in prayer. Remember a couple weeks ago, what did I encourage you to do? Stay in prayer and stay in faith. See, you're trying to get results, but you're not praying. Oh, y'all need to hear me. Oh, oh, you're crying out to God to heal you and deliver you, but you're not praying. You're, oh, you're, you're crying out to God for him to do all these extraordinary things for, him, for you, but you're not spending time with him. We have to do better, saints. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, it says, make your priority God first. It says, seek first the kingdom. Oh, when you get up in the morning, you need to have a thank you Jesus on your lips. Come on. Oh, through your day. Come on. How many of y'all know when this snow hit? Sometimes when you driving, me and my, me and my wife scurred. And when we scurred, we didn't say, she didn't say Eric help. My wife said Jesus help. Oh, she was able to call on Jesus because she learned how to spend some time time in prayer. I don't know about you, but there's a song that says, Jesus, take the wheel. And I want you to know that when we were swerving all in my mind, I was thinking, come on, Jesus, you know me and I know you. Somebody shout, take the wheel. Today, some of you need to understand is that Jesus gifted you. Jesus gave you that ability. And what he wants you to come to grips with today is that now is your time, it's your season to say, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, I've been leading myself all my life. These giants have been leading me all of my life. And now I want you to allow Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords to begin to lead you and guide you so that you can slay those giants. So what I want you to understand as we close, I got two slides, I promise you. Prayer is more than just talking to the Lord. It is more about waiting on the Lord to talk to you. And that's what I love about Christianity because it's not a religion. It's all about a relationship. And until you really set your heart to serve him, you won't know the benefits of that relationship. You don't know that God is alive. And when Jesus raised, was raised from the dead, that he is alive now, seated in heavenly places. Somebody say, on the right hand of God the Father. And that's what I love when God called me and he began to deal with me. Before I even understood that God spoke, God began to speak to me. Now, why would he speak to me? And I didn't even know that God spoke. He began to speak to me because I decided to open my heart. Oh, you need to hear me today. Oh, I decided to open my heart and I began to read the Bible for myself. And, and that's what's wrong with a lot of believers. They never take out the time to see what the word of God says for themselves so that when we try 
tried to give them instructions. They're bucking at the instructions. They're resisting the instructions because they haven't picked up their Bible. Oh, but when Jesus came into my life, I made a decision that I need to read this Bible for myself. I can't just rely on another man or woman to tell me what God has to say to me. If God has anything to say to me, then I need to hear what he has to say. So I took out time by myself, for myself, to see what God had to say to me. And when I read the Bible, I found out that God is still speaking. When I read the Bible, I found out that God is still giving out gifts. When I read the Bible, I found out that David wasn't the last person he anointed. Oh, I found out that I could be anointed too. And when I found that out, guess what I did? I didn't wait on anybody to give me any permission. I dove into, hallelujah, oh, what God was saying to me in that moment. And I want to encourage some of you today. You might not know X from Z. You might not know Genesis from Revelation. But one thing I want to encourage you to do, in this season, open the Bible for yourself. In this season, talk to God for yourself. In this season, spend time with God for yourself because there are giants that are trying to take you out. Isaiah 40, 31. Remember, prayer is more about waiting on God than talking to him. The last thing I'm going to show you, I promise you this is the last slide. But they that what? Wait upon the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall do what? Mount up with wings as eagles. They shall do what? Run and not be weary. They shall do what? Walk and what? Not faint. I need you to understand is that in this season, as you not only talk to God, but you wait in God's presence. One of the things I loved about David is that David praised the Lord so many different ways. How many of y'all know the account that the Bible says that David got a little excited? He thought he was at home praising the Lord, and he got a little excited, and he was praising the Lord, and he was in public, and all of his clothes flew off. Y'all ain't talking to me today. He was dancing before the Lord. Next thing you know, David was dancing naked. Oh, because David was not afraid to praise his God. And what I want you to know, no matter how you praise him, make sure you take out time to wait to see what he's saying to you. Because some of you, this is the season where God is going to allow you to slay your giants. I want to encourage you. Depression should not be in your life. I want to encourage you. Fornication should not be in your life. These things seem pleasurable at times. But what I want you to know that these are the things that are trying to take you out. They're trying to use your gift against you. But God wants you to know, I'm talking to gifted people today, that if you allow him to use your gift, he's going to take you from faith to faith. He's going to take you from glory to glory. He's going to use you in ways you never imagined. He's going to cause you to get more joy out of playing and out of doing what you do more than you have ever got it. But you have to allow him to use your gift. you got to allow him to help you to slay your giants. 